Hello and welcome to another episode of Melissa Time. My name is Melissa and it's Sunday once again, rolling around and I'm just uh, tuning in, checking in with you, letting you know what's going on with me. It's been a hell of a weekend so far. Saturday, I spent completely pigging out on various desserts that I made for myself and for everybody else, but really they're for me. Uh, throughout the week. So I made a sourdough coffee cake, which came out, eh, it's a decent. My first time using almond extract, so that was interesting. I liked the way it tasted. Then I made some danishes, some ras- uh, blackberry and blueberry uh, cream cheese danishes, uh, which technically is the first time I ever made a croissant dough. So that was pretty annoying, but delicious at the end. And then I made a batch of brownies, and those were sourdough brownies too. I'm trying to get rid of some sourdough. And then I made a bar of chocolate, probiotic chocolate, just for the hell of it. It's just for, I don't know, curiosity is what I've been doing that for. Probiotic chocolates, it's supposed to help with your gut, right? But it's kind of bullshit because, I don't know, it just does, it feels kind of contrived because you, you're basically, you're making a chocolate bar, right? You're putting cocoa powder, cocoa butter, Maple, maple syrup, in my case, some kind of sugar. And then I threw in some walnuts, granulated or, or ground up. Not ground, but, you know, like chopped up real fine. And then I threw in probiotic powder. And that just seems like, you know, where in nature do you find that in any way? The, I, don't know, I guess you don't find brownies in nature either, but I don't know. Something about it just seemed kind of... Because it's the fact that I'm putting probiotic powder that makes it seem like makes it feel like I'm doing something hypocritical, like I'm a charlatan, you know, probi- you know, just eat chocolate, right? So anyway, but I, I just did it to do it. I wanted to see if it would affect the taste. Kind of didn't. Tastes pretty good anyway. But I, I eat sauerkraut and stuff all the time. I don't, I don't think I need like extra probiotic bullshit. So yeah, I made all that. Did I make anything? Oh, I made myself some papaya shakes over the weekend. I also made some... Uh, oh, Gene made a breakfast croissant he makes, which is delicious. It's this scrambled egg and bacon you know, on a croissant sandwich, but it has American cheese. And then the great delicious little detail is that he drizzles on this um, sauce that he makes from a mixture of honey, Cholula, and then a little bit of insanity hot sauce, which gives it a nice little kick in the fucking teeth for you. Delicious. You should try it. Honey Cholula sauce. That's something you can only discover in some fucking southern state like this. They don't do that in New York. Or if they do, I don't know. It's just not the same. They're they're more shameless about food down here. And that makes for mad strokes of genius when it comes to various sauces and gravies and shit. Um, it's also trashy, but I don't give a fuck. If it's good, who cares? I'll be trash and I'll eat it. So just call me a trash compactor, baby, because I'm crunching that shit down in my jaws. And uh, yeah, so we ate all that. And I don't know if we ate anything else that was un- unhealthy. But yeah, I mean, but I, we didn't need to. I had a ton of all of those aforementioned desserts. I just kept kept coming back to the kitchen, just munching on that shit. I love fucking. I don't like it every day, but I, I do like this sort of pseudo masochistic 
ritual I've developed where I don't eat anything. I eat completely clean for a couple of weeks and then I just have a, 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 a disgusting, base, filthy orgy of food. I just throw it at my mouth. I just eat a bunch of crap. But it's not really crap. Like I made it, right? I made all of it. I know where it comes from. It's mine. And uh makes me feel entitled to it. That's what I like about that. I just like that whole process. I'm sick, okay? I'm a sick per- I'm a sick woman. All right? I'm getting older and I'm just getting a little batty, just like every other bitch my age, all right? You just do crazy, weird ass, stupid, fucked up shit that no one will ever know about. You just do it to yourself. You know, like the little you know, like from the outside, it just looks like, oh, look, Melissa, she's getting into some nice baking on the weekend, you know, but in my, in myself, you know, I'm just, I'm doing everything I told, like my ritual, really, I'm making this Bacchanalian ritual, you know, where I, everything is per- perfectly calm and, and sorted out, as the British say, we got it sorted, right, I'm very proper, and I uh, stay well within the bounds of my diet, which isn't, I'm not cutting calories. I'm just, you know, like I eat clean. And then I just throw it all away in just a mad revelry of food. Food in my mouth. Put it in my holes. <laughs> yeah. Food is fucking delicious. Food is you know, I was thinking that today. I've been especially thinking about that today because I, I microdosed a little today, uh, which has been another kind of a weekend thing. And uh, I was putting it in, in my espresso maker at first just for the hell of it because I don't want a lot. I just want enough for, you know, the reds to look more red and the sky to look more sky. You know what I'm saying? I like that sky color. And so, I mean, you know, but this time I just didn't, put it through heat because that supposedly like breaks down the, the whole thing. But so the psilocybin, uh, it, it converts the psilocin, psilocin in, in, uh, in high heat. And then that becomes, that's an unstable compound. So you need it. Whatever. Anyway. So yeah, I, uh, just did enough for vividness, vivid visual experience, but not much else. And, uh, and that was great. And it just made it start thinking. Jeans just started going down a, a fucking philosophical K hole of of like you know we leave in a meat grinder. He does that. He does that a lot. <laughs> I love him. He's so um, sensitive, you know, and it's very sensitive to the the, it, the the reality of living on a planet that the main f- premise and foundation of is eating. You know, consumption. Right, we consume everything. That's the purpose of existence here, consuming and to be consumed eventually, right? And maybe we won't be consumed by anything bigger than us, even though that's our greatest fear. That's why we love stories that are spooky about like things that eat us, like vampires and ogres and shit. But, you know, we we eat the things. We eat all the things here, okay? And we don't eat all the things, but... We used, we, you know, we'll eat all the things. We'll try it. We don't give a fuck. But we've, you know, kind of managed to narrow down and breed the tastiest of the tasties, like cows and stuff. And then we just, so we just kind of stick to that. 
And uh, but then, you know, but one day we'll be eaten up by bacteria, various bacteria and, you know, viruses get a chunk, a good chunk out of us while we're alive and stuff. Every time you get a cold, right? Everything is, is eating and breaking down things and, you know, just breaking down complex structures of energy retention to release those. It's, it's a natural law of entropy, right? Everything is everything is breaking down to release energy. And then that energy is captured again. It's like a, a game of uh, energy dodgeball. Well, not dodgeball, opposite of dodgeball, right? You're trying to catch the energy. But energy softball, let's say that. Energy basketball. So energy basketball. That sounds like some fucking yoga instructors, instructors um, like stupid name for some kind of retreat workshop. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, you know, he started talking about that and over and over again, but he, the difference between him and I is that I, there's a point where I, I find it very funny that we live in this paradigm. It's a hilarious idea that, you know, it's fucked up that we have to live in this planet where everything is eating itself. You know, it's the, the Ouroboros, you know, snake eating its own tail. That's what this is. That is, that's why it's one of our most ancient, important symbols. That's what is happening. So, you know, it's the reason why uh, whenever somebody goes on some weird, like, vegan diet or anything, those people are in a death cult, right? They they are sick. They Those are, the, you know, people that feed their cats broccoli and shit. That's, those are sick people who resent the structure of, in which they live. They don't like the system. They're neurotic about it, right? They're afraid. They fear it. They, they, they don't want to, they want to like pull themselves out of it, but to pull yourself out of it is to die, right? Is to cease to be a part of this cycle. And anyway, you can't, even if you wanted to, right? We, you already know vegans, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't want to kill anybody. Uh, go vegan. But then it's like soy production, soybean production kills countless animals just to be able to clear the land and, um, you know, maintain the crops through uh, whatever pesticides and all that shit. Not to mention the fact that the places that the soybean production thrives is in places where, uh, by necessity, in order to clear the land, it's necessary to um, basically remove indigenous peoples from their fucking homes and uh, just destabilized these banana republics and shit all over that had just gotten over being banana republics and we're trying to just climb out of that fucking economic hole and now you just throw them back in with you know it's just ridiculous and uh, and it's i think that's what happens when you try to circumvent your birthright right that your eating of the things here is that you just become worse you know you're you become a, an even you, you terrorize the planet even more than if you just sat down and had a burger, right? So, I don't know. We're talking about that and and all that stuff. And it's just uh, it's just interesting. You start thinking about shit like that. It's, it's, a, it's such a fucking ridiculous situation. Like, for example, you know, some of the most nutritious food you can get is babies. Like, animal babies, right? Have, just potently packed full of everything you need eggs and caviar lamb and just it's crazy it's crazy that we have to that this is the way it is you know 
It's not like we're not deciding. Our bodies are telling us that, that this gives you the most, you know, this, this is what you need. Right. Like, uh, the iron, you can only get that through animals, right. And B12 and all that stuff. It's just like, this is just true. So anytime anybody pushes like some kind of plant-based diet, that person is abusive. That person wants to manipulate and control people. You know, they want, and it's used probably because they want the meat. They want more meat. Or I don't know, maybe we just got to the point where as apex predators, right, whatever that means, really just means like as mo- most eaters here, as the the ones who eat best most in this planet, uh, most best, most of all, that maybe you just get to the point where there's nothing else to consume outside of your group and you still want to consume it's your it's your prime directive as a biological organism, right? Not as a conscious being, but as a biological organism, fucking for sure. So then you just instinct is to kind of turn right around and then just start picking off the weakest members of your own group and taking their shit, you know, get more shit, more shit to eat more things, more tasty things. It's a weird, it's weird. And it was, it was such a weird day. And you know, when you get all into that kind of stuff and, you start looking around you and things start to almost happen in accordance with what you're even thinking through. Like, you know, we started talking about all that stuff and then we drove by a church just as Jean was saying something about uh, redundant something, right? And then I looked at the sign and it said, uh, the church sign said, holy water is redundant, and uh, that was kind of oddly serendipitous. And usually church signs are, are really not good for much more than a laugh. But that one was actually pretty spot on based on what I I was thinking about. Because, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in a more intuitive way when you think of it within the context of the, the consumption of this, you know, this planet, how everything is consuming, you know, replicating and consuming and replicating and consuming. And then that water, interestingly enough, is the one thing we all, every organism here just shares. We all consume it to, and it's victimless, right? And if you're not, 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 you know, taking out of the equation pollution or anything like that, right? Just the act of it, the, the fact that it exists, we all come together to drink water and it's victimless. Water isn't alive. It's the one pure thing, pure consumption that you can just consume. It nourishes you that kills nothing, right? That's, it's like a holy, it's, you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the holiest food we have, you know what I mean? It brings us all together. You know, like all of the animals, when they go to a watering hole, they usually, they'll kind of take a break. It's like a, mild amnesty over there with um with predators and prey occasionally you know there's there are moments where you see they're just drinking water they're just like all right truce right let's just have some water chill out we'll figure it out later when i'm well drank and then back to you know the nine to five of chasing down bucks and shit with your fingers your claws and your toesies I didn't make any sense. All right, that kind of went off. But what I'm saying is it's it's interesting that it's like that. And so I'll just give you the last part of the 
thought process I had, right? And so if you think, if you accept all that, right, and obviously I do because I just said it all, it, on some intuitive level, um, then it's it's almost, ingre- you know, this is uh, to be a part of a planet of consumption and to be gifted with the ability to consume the most, the bestest, right? That's a gift. The, 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 the ability to consume here, the consumption of a thing, the fact that you have to work so hard to eat, you know, it's, it means that every time you eat, anything you eat, any one you eat, that's a gift, right? And to be eaten eventually or consume some, that is your, that's your, that's an act, that's like their greatest act of selflessness is to be given over to be consumed. That's our Jesus story, you know, sacrifice. And, um, and so if you turn food down, that's, that's the, it's one of the greatest insults to existence that you can express. I think I believe that. And also replicating procreation, right? It's like, this is what we do here. This is the, the, this is the paradigm within which we live and to be grateful to be alive is to express it through gratefully just consuming the fuck out of eat everything, right? And then, and fucking birth shit out of your pussy, shit out, shit babies out of your fucking hole and then shove other animals, babies through your mouth, your other hole and shut the fuck up and live your goddamn life and just, just be eternally grateful. You got a chance to just even be here and be a part of this fucking crazy shit because it's insane and you get to be thrust into this insane world where there's just just unparalleled levels of pain and suffering uh paralleled with just unquantifiable amounts of 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 incredible joy and and delirious just uh rat like like ecstasy you know and through consumption right of feelings and i mean it's crazy it's crazy this is like if you think about it too much you'll go insane you know and the only way the only thing to do is to just get just get through it do it right live it this shit is insane and it doesn't even last that long it's it's like being born on a roller coaster ride right You, you just take it in take it all in Take what's given to you, take it in because, you know, some of us have more and some of us have less and you're kind of always in between the two somehow, no matter where you are, right? Well, unless you're maybe one of the uh, uh, previously referred to as pygmies, but I think they have their own name for themselves in the Congo Basin around the Democratic Republic of the Congo, you know, those people who are unfortunate unfortunate enough to be literally eaten by other humans that are bigger than them they have to like run around just being hunted by their own kind but there's you know they're just taller that's like that's like if you just if suddenly all the basketball players all the shack sized people just decided to hunt and kill everyone who was like five seven you know and then you just had to like run, flee 
into the mountains to get away from basketball players. That it would be terrifying. But that's like their reality. Every day they got to live through that. They, and they're just tiny little people who have to run around and and hide from from bigger people who are living in a collapsed state that's just so far gone that they have to turn to cannibalism just to survive. I mean, the the Congo Basin is is one of the one of the most uh, in need of organized society places, you know, and it's like, and and that's when you see what we really are, you know what I mean? It was when, when structures break down and you're not able to just be pacified with an Xbox 360, are we even at Xbox 360? Look, I don't know. I haven't played Xbox in a while, but you know, if, when you can't scroll on Instagram and then shove Chucky, uh, Chucky cheese or cheesecake factory into your mouth, right? And, and tune out the world and everything just breaks down and you don't know what's happening. I mean, that's what we become. We become more that just consuming, consuming. That's what it was funny when they say consumer culture, consumer culture, the whole planet's consumer culture. Everything is consumer culture. Look at everything. Everything is consuming something else. Whatever. Anyway, that was my whole trip here today. That's what happened. We drove around. It was it was a pleasant day. And then I decided to go through with recording this and not letting myself down. Because that's something I've been trying to stick to is what I say I'm going to do. I tend to, I don't know, I have some weird kind of like time deadline for when I want things to be done by. And if it doesn't happen, then I just fall into a pit of despair. But that's just kind of, that's my own neurotic self that's my personal issue with myself I just I don't know I give up fast I'm trying to not give up fast and it's just weird because I've, I've actually seen that trait in other people and I see how ridiculous it is and it is my mom used to say that when I was a kid is like drowning in a cup of water and I am that is my personality with respect to certain things you know the things that I really hope hope for I am the least able to have faith in about attaining so, I don't know, man. I'm trying to work on that. Ugh. So, yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, did anything else happen? I don't know. Uh, other than that, the baking and all that stuff and microdosing, thinking about real weird shit that I'm sharing with you right now. Um. Yeah, I'm still getting through Gulag Archipelago. That's crazy, crazy ass book. That's that's a real good example of what happens when thugs take over a country and then that's what happens, right? They turn around and then they just start taking the cons- resources away from other people to consume for themselves, even though supposedly it was for, you know, the glory of the Soviet Union's economic development plan, but that's bullshit, right? People were just starving to death and getting shot and arrested and tortured and interrogated, which means tortured. And that was kind of it. And that was, that's terrifying. So I don't know, man, I'm glad we don't live in that situation. What I love about that book is the black humor that this guy has throughout the whole thing. The sarcasm is on point 
Pretty good joke structure. Not bad at all. I chuckled a few times. I like it and really appreciate that. It's it's the best you can do in a in a story, in a narrative like that. You want to express something like that. It was just such a good juxtaposition. It was perfect. And it really kind of explains the sort of Russian sense of humor. Like my my boyfriend, Gene's parents are Russian. Gene's, Gene's originally from Russia. They fled the Soviet Union when he was eight and came here. And they got out, but a lot of people didn't. So, you know, you know, the whole country there. I don't know if you've heard Russia. And the whole time. So talking to them, they talk a lot about how, you know, it was so bad there and all that stuff. But there's always this kind of sardonic sense of humor about it. Kind of like, look at this shithole. You know, can you believe this shit? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I see now it's probably the only way to cope in such a bleak moment in history is to. I don't know, there's just a point that you can get to when life is fucking slamming you against the pavement over and over again, where suddenly, even though it's not okay and it's not good, it just, there's just something so ridiculous about it that it becomes funny again. It just becomes funny again. And unless you've experienced that, you don't know, you don't understand. But if you have... You know, your the, your darkest, blackest hour, suddenly you just chuckle. You, you find yourself laughing. Um, and then you know what I mean. There's just something good about it. It's something triumphant, you know? I don't know. Whistling in the dark, right? But that's the kind of the, the vibe of that book. And what's interesting about it is... I think it gave me some context with regard to reading 1984 and other dystopian novels like Fahrenheit 451 and all those books because somehow it just didn't sink in while I was reading those things. I was pretty young, 16, 17, I don't even know, 16 to 20s, who knows, whatever. You know, I was just kind of experiencing all those books and and I just it just didn't hit me. The, the context, it didn't hit me. You know, you read 1984 as a kid and you don't really understand, you, you know, if you haven't read Gulag Archipelago, which is a pretty intense book, uh, maybe maybe it isn't for kids, I don't know. But nobody recommended that shit, for, that's for sure. But if you read that book and then you read a sci-fi novel, 1984, and then you realize that the part of that book that you think is the science fiction, which is the control over the population, the oppression. The, you know, you think that's part of the sci-fi. But you read Sojanitskin's uh, Gulag Archipelago, you realize, no, no, that's the real part. That's part of the real part. The, the sci-fi part is really simply, purely just the technology, just the TVs in the room watching you and the ability to do that and to have complete control over people through a technocratic state. That's the sci-fi part. And the fucked up thing is now in 2023, that's less sci-fi than it used to be because we have a level of surveillance over ourselves that we, per that we perpetrate on ourselves that's unprecedented. So you live under a totalitarian state now, you're a little more fucked than 
people were 50, 60, 70 years ago. They, because the, the thugs that run states into the ground, like Stalin and all his cronies, didn't have smartphones, right? That wasn't available. They had to rely on people on the street, snitches. You don't even need that anymore. So we certainly are heading off into a brave new world. That was kind of a pun. What do you think? Yeah. Any of this funny to you yet? Okay. Well, we'll keep going. We'll figure it out. So I'm reading that book. I'm microdosing. I'm baking. Oh, I'm thinking about making cheese. That's my next batty woman without children older lady hobby. That's what I'm doing now. I'm going to do cheese making. I just want to make cheese with raw milk. That's my thing. I want to check out that because if that's easy to do, then it would be cool to be able to make some mozzarella with raw cheese. You can't do it or you can't find, I I haven't been able to find mozzarella made with raw milk. And that makes sense because raw milk is so (laughs) dangerous that the bacteria that can build on it if you don't pasteurize milk, uh, it just basically give you food poisoning. So they don't do it. It's illegal. But you can buy raw milk. It's legal to buy it within the state you live in, just so you know. And it's just higher in nutritional quality and just better overall. Allegedly. Look it up for yourself. I don't give a shit if you do it or not. This is just what I'm doing right now. And so I want to see if I can just make mozzarella with some raw milk. I want to see what it tastes like. It might taste good. But the problem is, is that why, if I melt it, won't that just kind of be kind of like retroactively pasteurizing it? Well, I guess you don't really melt mozzarella, fresh mozzarella. Anyway, look, um, I'm going to make some and I'll let you know how that goes. So in the meantime, I have spoken for a while it's kind of all I wanted to say today. This is, you know, I just wanted to check in with you. I wanted to share an, a, an idea I had, a thought. I want to tell you about what I'm reading and what's going on. And and I and I hope you're doing well. And I'm glad you listened to this episode. You know, you didn't have to, but you did. So thank you. Thank you so much. Arigato. And do it again, I hope you do. So that's kind of like Yoda-ish. Do it again, I hope you do. And that'll be next week when I keep another promise to myself and record this again on a Sunday. So thanks again for tuning into Melissa Time. And uh, I'll see you again next week. All right. Bye.